The future. Who likes to talk about the future? Anybody? <laughs> there we go. There's one hand. That's right, Kendall. I do too, right? I do too. It's actually one of my favorite things to talk about. Talk about vision. Talk about what's coming. I, I love that. I love that. And, and I, I know there are some people who don't. Some people, man, we, we just don't like to talk about the future because I like where we are right now. Today is Vision Sunday, and we are going to talk about the future. So buckle up and get ready. How many of you have already heard, I haven't seen you since last year? Has anybody heard that joke yet? One person, a couple? Did your dad tell it to you? That's a dad joke, right? I haven't seen you since last year. Or, I haven't seen you since last decade. Right? Has anyone heard that? The whole worship team heard it this morning because Limford told it to us, right? <coughs> um, but I have a friend on Facebook, and he, uh, he put a good one. I never heard this before. He said, I haven't shaved since last year. That was a good one. That was, that was a good one, I thought. Um, but, you know, one of my favorite things about this life and one of the blessings that God has given us is the reminder again and again and again of newness, of newness. So we have, we just came into a new year, and, and with the new year, there's always New Year's resolutions, right? Where people set a goal of, man, I'm going to lose 10 pounds by the end of the year, or I'm going to do this, or I'm not going to eat this, or I'm not going to watch this, or I'm going to spend less time on my phone and more time here, and then sometimes by day two, it's changed. But a new year, uh, we, have, we have new months, we have new seasons, even though right now it feels like we're in a permanent fall, spring kind of thing, winter will soon be over and spring will soon be here, new season. We have new days. When you go to sleep at night, how many of you ever went to sleep at night and saying to yourself in your mind, I cannot wait until today is over and tomorrow is a new day? New hours, new minutes. Today we look at 2020 for Mount Vernon, and it's a new year. It's a new year, and so what does God have in store for us in 2020? What are some of the things that are planned? What is going to happen at Mount Vernon, and what do we pray that happens? And, and I hope that we all join together in asking God that what happens in 2020 at Mount Vernon is what his will is for this church. Right? It's, it's not what Tony wants or what, what this person wants or what that person wants, but instead it's what does God want in 2020 from us? And our prayer is that God clearly communicates that to us as we go throughout this year. That he directs us. That he guides us. <coughs> I'm, I'm going to share a little change with you this morning. Um, something that was approved by the elders, and it's, it kind of sets the tone for us in 2020. Now, if, if you remember looking at our logo, and I should have put one on the PowerPoint behind me, but it, said, Mount, it says Mount Vernon Christian Church, and it has our logo, and beneath it it says Neighbors Multiplying God's Kindness, our tagline, which has been that way for a while. We're going to be changing our tagline for 2020. Now, we're not getting rid of Neighbors Multiplying God's Kindness, so, so don't worry. That's actually becoming one of our core values, and you'll see that here in a minute. But what we're going to change our tagline to is this, growing deeper, reaching farther. 
Now, I, I don't know if you remember, but through the candidating process and, and the interview process, I, I said again and again, man, I, I, I want to learn for at least three months. And over the three months, I had lots of conversations with, with different individuals. And even during the candidating and interview process, and here's what I heard, a very similar theme from many people. And it was, man, Tony, we, we are just, as a church, we are so hungry for the word of God to grow deeper, to know him more, to understand more of who he is. And almost equally, I heard, man, we, we want to be a church that reaches lost people for Jesus Christ. We want to be a church that reaches into our community, that reaches across the globe. Now, taglines are kind of a funny thing because um, some companies, some organizations, keep their taglines the same forever. Some change them every year when something's changing. We are doing this for 2020. And I'm going to explain, this whole sermon is explaining why and how all of the things that you have been hearing about funnel through this growing deeper, reaching farther. Colossians 2, 6 and 7 says this, Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See, we're going to be focusing on the growing deeper, which speaks of not only growing deeper with God, which kind of goes without saying, right? That's the first thing. The second thing is also growing deeper in our relationships with each other. That Mount Vernon becomes such an intertwined church. The relationships are so deep. But first and foremost, it's about growing closer to God. 1 Peter 2, 1-3 says this, Therefore, rid yourselves of all malice and all deceit, hypocrisy, envy, and slander of every kind. Like newborn babies, crave pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow up in your salvation now that you have tasted that the Lord is good. It speaks of, Peter writes of this spiritual maturity that we need to have in our lives. So you can be a Christian for 20 years and still be a baby Christian. Right? You can be a Christian for 20 years and still be a baby Christian because you've never grown in your faith. You've never said, okay, I have the spiritual milk and now I want to continue to grow in my life. And that's a focus for us this year. Listen, if you're a baby Christian because you just came to know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, that's great. Let's move forward. If you're a baby Christian because you came to know Jesus 10 years ago, hey man, wake up. Wake up. That's what we're here for, right? To grow closer to God together, that we can become mature in our faith, a body of believers mature in their faith. But we realize it's a process. We want to encourage you in it. I have a friend of mine, yeah, a very, very good friend, and he said, Tony, when you've done as many rounds with God as I have, there's no doubt in your mind that he's there. <coughs> and what he is saying is that when you have grown in your faith so much, you know God at a deeper level than ever before. How many of you have ever, as a little kid, man, you, you prayed and prayed and prayed, asking God to come into your heart? Do you remember that? I think I probably, as a child, did it 356 times. What he is saying is, listen, Tony, man, when you've grown in your faith to this point, you know God is there. 
So there's three, three main ways that we're going to accomplish this growing deeper this year. The first one is through biblical teaching. Through biblical teaching. 2 Timothy 3.16 says this, All scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. See, at Mount Vernon, we believe that the word of God does not change. It transcends every culture. It's infallible. It's inspired. It's active, and it's alive today. And you see that through the different ministries that are happening here. One of the areas that encourages my heart so much is our Sunday school ministry. I, I've been to many different churches in, in my life, but the percentage of people that come to Sunday school compared to those who come to the service here is so close. That's so encouraging and so great. And let me tell you, if you don't come to Sunday school, you're missing out. You're missing out because there is some great stuff that happens. Right? As a matter of fact, we just had one of our Sunday school classes have to move rooms because they grew so big out of their room, right? And that's an exciting thing, and we praise God for that. But it's, it's not that, it's just to make people happy. This is solid biblical teaching that's being communicated during Sunday school. Through the children's ministry and, and the student ministry, you know, oftentimes people think of Sunday morning messages as the biblical teaching that happens at the church. But let me tell you something, and maybe you've noticed my sermons are getting a little longer. That's kind of the plan. Though today I gotta I gotta really move because we're we're running a little bit later, um, but I've got you this morning for thirty to forty minutes. My heart and my prayer. I don't believe personally that thirty to forty minutes of Bible is enough a week, right? You agree with that? Right? And so that's why we have small groups where you can go and you can plug in and you can build relationships with other people and grow in your faith. That's why we're doing the New Testament challenge, right? which is in your bulletin. And we can develop habits of studying God's word and why the blog is going to go along with it. That you're not just reading it saying, man, I don't understand anything I just read. But that there's a devotional that you can go to and say, oh, this is really cool. What a neat thing that this pointed out. And you know why we do the commitment cards? It's because you know how easy it is to say, I'll, I'll do that. And then day two comes and it's like, oh, I forgot. Day three comes, whatever, I give up. We don't want you to give up. You miss a day, that's okay. Pick it back up. The first way we're going to do that is biblical teaching. The second way is this, authentic community. Authentic community. What does that mean? Let me read you a statement. It says, we want to emphasize that it's okay to not be okay. At Mount Vernon Christian Church, we realize that we're all a work in progress, and together we strive to become more like Christ. It speaks of the spiritual journey that we're on in our lives. I think we realize, and you're going to hear this at the marriage conference, and I, and I love I love what Paul David Tripp says. I was listening to it yesterday. He said, uh, marriage is a sinner married to a sinner in a fallen world, right? And then he says, are you encouraged yet, right? And then he talks about how great God is, right? But, but that's what church is too, right? Is a fallen person, a sinner, worshiping with another sinner, worshiping with another sinner, because we're not perfect people, and on this side of glory, we're never going to be. Right? But we realize that we're all a work in progress. But we don't want to stop at saying, man, I'm not okay and I'm happy with that. No, we want to all become more like Christ. 
1 John 1, 9 says this, If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you can plug in to build relationships in small groups. We're going to have a couple membership classes this year too because we want you to become a part as much as you can of Mount Vernon. See, I believe authentic community truly happens when we trust one another enough to share, man, I failed at this in my life this year. I, I, I was a terrible husband at this point. I was a, a, a terrible father here. I, man, I, I just, I wasn't patient here. I wasn't loving here. With this brother or sister in Christ, I didn't treat them right. But you have someone that can keep you accountable, that you can build relationships with. But, but hear me this morning, that comes with trust. That comes with community. And we want you to plug in to develop those relationships. So you have biblical teaching, you have authentic community. And, and the last one this morning, and you're going to see the reaching farther kind of ties into this too, but it's continual prayer. My prayer is that Mount Vernon is known as a praying church. A praying church. You know, it's kind of funny. And when I say funny, I mean ironic, not funny. But the busier that we became in our lives, what went in church? Prayer, right? People started to become more busy during the week, and Wednesday night prayer meetings went out the door, right? We don't have time for that because, <laughs> man, I'm busy. Our services became more and more condensed, shorter and shorter. And what happened, our, our corporate prayer times became shorter and shorter to fit more music in or more teaching in. And while those are good things, if we believe prayer works, then why don't we live like it? I hope you've already noticed <coughs> that in our service, we try to soak the whole service in prayer. From the beginning to the end, intertwined in, in other parts. This year, you're, we're going to have a couple of different prayer vigils here at the church. Um, what does that look like? Well, I'm not talking about candles being held outside, as you've seen like that, but what it is is the church will be open, the sanctuary will be open for a specific purpose. And I can tell you one right now, the election, Right? That the church will be open for you to come in and sit and pray. Just for that. Just to come in and sit and pray. We could go over verse after verse about prayer, but, but I think 1 Thessalonians 5.17 sums it up very well. Pray without ceasing. Let us be a church that's known for prayer where the older members of the church are praying for the younger families. And the younger families are praying for the older members, right? And the husbands are praying for the wives, and the wives for the husbands. And together, they pray for the children and all of the people of Mount Vernon pray for the church that the lost in our community would be reached with the gospel of Jesus Christ. A praying church, growing deeper. And I believe <coughs> wholeheartedly that as we grow deeper in our relationship with God, in our relationships with one another, in turn it allows us to reach even farther. Growing deeper, reaching farther. So with reaching farther, there's going to be four different points that I'm going to quickly fly through here this morning. Each of them starts with this, the term gospel-centered. 
gospel-centered because everything we do in reaching our community and reaching the globe should be gospel-focused and gospel-centered. Acts 1.8 says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and to the ends of the earth, realizing that it's God who gives us the power to reach lost people. <coughs> Excuse me. I had a class uh, that I took on evangelism. I'll talk about that in a minute again. But there was something we had to do called servant evangelism. And what it was was we would have to do some act of service. But, but it didn't stop. It didn't stop at doing the act of service. The whole point of doing the act of service was to be able to then share the gospel with somebody. Right? So I don't just go mow someone's lawn to do it. The hope is that a relationship is built where one day I can tell them the most important thing. I think of in Scripture where where people would ask Jesus for healing and he would tell them their sins are forgiven because that's the most important thing. And the whole point of servant evangelism was this. And I remember remember going to a McDonald's and my, my servant evangelism was I was going to buy somebody a meal and hope that they would say, thank you so much, why in the world are you doing this? And then I, that was perfect, right? I could be like, because Jesus loves you, right? No, but my, my thought was I could tell a man, and I could just go on. So I, I'm standing at McDonald's, and you know how they have those kiosks now, right? Don't pretend like you don't go to McDonald's, right? They have those kiosks there, right? And, uh, and I remember just standing there, and I was thinking, all right, somebody's going to come, somebody's going to come, and, and nobody was coming, and Finally, there's a group of Latino guys, and they all come in. They're all speaking Spanish, and I thought, that's so cool. I speak Spanish. Like, this must be, like, God, you must have set this up for me, right? And I go over, and, uh, and I say, oh, te puedo pagar por tu comida. Can I pay for your food? And the guy looks at me like, you're crazy, right? Why in the world would you want to pay for my food? And so we have this conversation in Spanish. He says, why do you want to, why? And I said, well, uh, because God's blessed me. Jesus died for me. He loves me, and I, and I want to share I just, I want to bless you and I want to tell you about that. And he said, no, thank you. Sometimes that's what happens in evangelism. Our job is to be faithful in sharing the gospel. So there's four points in reaching farther. The first one is this, gospel-centered serving, right? Servant evangelism, the way that we live our lives, says this. Um, this is the, the core value underneath what we have. And again, these are all listed on our website. Uh, we want to encourage a contri- a contributor mentality in a consumeristic world. God has given each believer, believer spiritual gifts that are to be used to glorify God. We strive to encourage and empower each believer to use their gifts in the local church and beyond. See, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, we know the scripture says that God gives you spiritual gifts. What are they to be used for? For his glory in the church. Right? It, The reality of it is is that we live in a world today that's all about me. Maybe you've noticed when you watch TV or you read anything on the news or you flip through the newspaper, it's all about me. It's me, me, me. When as a matter of fact, as Christians, it's really all about him. Serving one another and loving one another. So we, we, we... Encourage that mentality, a, a contributor mentality. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean that you're, you're not going to take in anything on Sunday morning or throughout the week. But what it's saying is, hey, I have spiritual gifts and I'm going to use them in the local church. I'm going to use them with the body. And listen, I know, I know how busy we are. 
Um, but what I've come to learn in my life is that we make time for what we value and what really matters. And so if, if you look and say, man, I, I know God's given me this gift and I know I'm supposed to use it here, but I don't have any time to do it, you don't make time for what matters. I, I have a, a very good friend of mine, and we were in college, and he said, man, Tony, I, I really want to date this girl, but I don't have any time. I am way too busy. Well, they dated, got engaged, and got married, right? Why? Because he made time for what he prioritized. And the same thing happens with that. Gospel-centered serving, this idea that we want to encourage you this year to use your gifts for God's glory. You know, one of the things that, that gets sometimes confused at churches is people think that, um, that the only gifts that can be used in church are what? Music. And what's the other one? Teaching. Teaching and music. All right, if I, man, if I'm not a teacher and I, I sound like a howling wolf when I sing, like, I can't, I can't be used in the church. And that's not true. There are other spiritual gifts. And let me just give you one example. What if you are such a happy person? Everybody's frowning really quick because they don't want to get volunteered for anything. But what if you are such a happy person, right? And you're like, man, I, I just, I love to shake people's hands and say good morning. I love coming to church. I'm not involved anywhere. We could plug you into being a greeter. The ministry of hospitality and welcoming people to the church. You know how important that is? James 1.22 says this, be, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. If you believe what the scriptures say, do it. If you believe God's given you a spiritual gift to be used in the church, use it. <coughs> if you know a way to help me get rid of this cough, tell me. <laughs> mm. it's, been, it's been ongoing, I tell you what. So you have gospel-centered serving. The next one's gospel-centered living. And here's what it says. We believe that salvation is by grace through faith. It's not something we do. We strive to live lives that point people to Christ and bring God glory. Here we go. We want to be neighbors multiplying God's kindness. Again, this is all on our website. You can go on and read this. Titus 3, 3-7 says this. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others, and hating one another. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God, our Savior, appeared, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom He poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ, our Savior. So that being justified by His grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. We realize that everything we do in our life either points people to God or points people away from God. And that's why this summer we're going to have, I've been, been talking about this evangelism class where you're able to come in and we can all sit down together because let, let's be honest, in life, it's not always easy to tell somebody else they're a sinner, is it? Do you know that you're a wicked person? That's a great conversation starter, right? It's not always easy to tell people that. Even, even when you start with God loves you so much, it's not always easy. What we're going to do is we're going to look at some different techniques, different ways, things like servant evangelism. 
in ways that we can open up the conversation to be able to share God's truth with them. Because the truth is we do want to be neighbors multiplying God's kindness. And that doesn't mean that we want to be nice people. It means that we want to tell people about what really matters in this life, and that's Jesus Christ. The two, there's two more. So you have gospel-centered serving, gospel-centered living. This one is gospel-centered multiplication. Jesus says in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you always to the end of the age. Gospel-centered multiplication says this. We live and serve with a multiplication perspective. We believe that we are, to make we are to make disciples of Christ, and if we are doing that, multiplication is the result. Sometimes when you talk about growing as a church numerically, red flags go up, right? Right? And I, and I know that, and I'm the first one to say that, and that's why we start with growing deeper, right? In our relationship with God, that's the most important thing. But also, if we are truly going out and telling people about Jesus Christ and making disciples, multiplication is the result of that. There should be more people in the pews on Sunday morning because we're telling people about Jesus Christ. Because we're inviting our neighbors to come and to experience who God is. I think one of the greatest examples of that is the Sunday school class that just moved. Now, now hear me, because one of the things with gospel-centered multiplication is this, is this, is that you want to be set up in a way that when visitors come, they're actually able to sit down. That Sunday school class grew so much. One week I went in, I opened the door, I walked back out and I closed the door because there were no seats. That's exciting. We praise the Lord for that. But then they had to leave their room and go somewhere that wasn't as comfortable, that wasn't as, as uh, familiar as what the other thing was, into a, a, a setting that's a little bit new. Why? Because it allows for more people to go there, more people to become a part, and for growth to happen. Gospel-centered multiplication. This doesn't mean that we compromise doctrine or anything like that. But that we're focused on reaching people. The last one is this, a gospel-centered worldview. So you have uh, gospel-centered living, gospel-centered serving, gospel-centered multiplication, all focused around the gospel. And the last one is this, that we live with a gospel-centered worldview. We strive to look at the world through the eyes of the gospel. We place an emphasis on missions and reaching the lost globally. That means from our own neighbors to the farthest corners of the globe. I think of 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise, as some understand slowness. Instead, he is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. We know that there will be a day when there's no more time to make a decision. When there are those who will perish and those who will live eternally with God. You and I have the secret answer. And it's not even a secret. You and I have the answer. What are we doing with it? How do we look at the world that way? As Christians, we, we don't just look at our neighbors as being nice people. We look at them and say, man, they need Jesus. And I can tell them 
We look at families like the Staniers over in Africa who are reaching all of these children. We say, how do we support and encourage that? So growing deeper, reaching farther. You're going to hear these terms used this year. The, the terms like authentic community and continual prayer and biblical teaching. Biblical teaching is not very fancy or anything. But gospel-centered living, gospel-centered serving, gospel-centered multiplication, and gospel-centered worldview. You're going to hear those this year. As we go throughout all of the different things that we're doing, focused, focused on growing closer to God, each other, and in turn, reaching our community and the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Father God, we, we praise you for who you are and for how you love us. Father, we praise you for newness. Father, we ask that you would help us to be those neighbors multiplying God's kindness who are growing deeper and, Father, reaching farther. Father, help us to be known as a praying church, as a church who is focused on reaching lost people for you, on a loving church, Father, where people are real, where there is no Sunday morning faces. This is who we are. And together we strive to become more like you. Father, we praise you for who you are and the great way that you love us. In Jesus' name, amen. <coughs> Today we, uh, we remember the sacrifice that was given so that you and I could have new life. Communion is for the believer. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, you are welcome to participate. And uh, we, you don't have to be a member here at Mount Vernon, um, but we do ask that you are a believer um, in order to participate. If you've never given your life to Jesus, um, I'd, I'd love to talk to you after the service about what that means. It'll change your life forever. What we are going to do is, uh, I'm going to ask the elders and Bethany uh, to uh, play for us during this time. Um, but what I'd, what I'd like you to do is, Bethany starts playing, I'll pray, and as she starts playing, I, I encourage you to reflect on your life, to come before God, and maybe there are some things in your heart that you haven't confessed to him, things that you've been holding on to that, that you need to let go of before you come up front. Spend some time in personal prayer, personal reflection, just you and God. Nobody else, not the person next to you, uh, just you and God. And when you get to the point in your heart where you feel ready, uh, encourage you to come forward and partake of the elements. Um, I do add, we do ask that you hold them once you return to your seat, and we'll eat them and drink together. Uh, would the elders please come forward?